1: HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, you'll be listening to a Girl Funds Podcast crossover episode that features an interview with LA-based real estate agent, CEO Sandoval. In this episode, Sandoval discusses how she is helping her clients lock in a home in today's competitive market, along with some creative financial ways she has helped people buy a home. But before we listen, here's a brief word on HW Plus's Economist Series.
2: Trying to get as much information and data as possible as you head into 2021? Well, our premium content membership program, HW Plus, is here to provide you with just that. To close out the year, HW Plus is hosting a 2021 Economist Series. Not only will you get access to all of their forecasts for 2021, but you will also get access to our HW Plus Slack channel, where we'll be hosting weekly Q&As with these economists, giving you the opportunity to ask your questions directly to them. Sign up for HW Plus today at www.housingware.com backslash membership. Wow. Super excited for the guest that we have on Girl Funds today. If you didn't see her name already in the title, it's C.O. Sandoval. She's an L.A.-based realtor, um, and she's one of those people. I know here at House and Sarah and I have done a lot of awards missions, but when you read through their bio, you see the things they have accomplished in their life. First, you think, one, I always think I'm not doing enough. Two, I think wow, I'm so excited and honored to be able to spotlight someone like this, and excited to just recognize the impact that she's made in this industry, and she's going to continue to make for young females and future real estate agents and first-time home buyers.
0: Oh, I so I so agree. She was really inspiring to me, and just really a, a great example of the American dream. You know which we which we talk about but like really someone coming from a, a really different kind of background that that really has raised herself up and worked really hard and is that pretty incredible place and now helping other people to get to that place so what an inspiration and and also just has some really great hacks i things i hadn't thought of before and uh so yeah i'm super excited for our listeners to hear about her but before we jump into that i think we're going to share our two cents which is kind of what we, we talk about, you know, what did we learn about money this week or what conversation did we have about money this week or, or or just something like from our lives. And so my two cents is that um, I bought a second home that we're renting out, which is really exciting and we have to fill it with stuff. Right. Um, But it's not really stuff that I, that I'm going to see a lot or, you know, it's not really personal things. And so I love thrift stores, love thrift stores, found a thrift store that actually the Habitat for Humanity Restore, store, which is great, which is, you know, I've, I've donated things to them before, but I went in and they were the one I went to, it was selling hardback books for a dollar. I bought 40 hardback books for $40 and filled up like all of these bookshelves and makes it look so good. And I, it was just really exciting because I love books. I love to read. I don't know if I'll ever get to read any of these books, but I I was able to like do this incredible decorating for like 40 bucks. So I'm cheap and I love, uh, I love a good deal. So that's my two cents
2: that reminds me i was on instagram and i think i must have said the word goodwill into my phone a few too many times because the ad i got which i loved was like five different ways to buy things at goodwill and flip them into halloween decorations which is that whole like reduced reuse recycle mindset And it reminds me of that of like hey there's so many great stuff at the thrift store. So I love that two cents. Um, I'll give mine. And then also, we always love recognizing our producer, Victoria Welcome, who will also give her two cents as well before we jump in today's interview, who will then deep dive into the home buying journey and just her uh, kind of story in life. But I would say my two cents for the week, um, a little different, but maybe something I'm also really passionate about that also still goes with money, which is coupons. Love <laughs> I'm it. I'm a really... Um, big believer if just as much as you're trying to save money, it's also kind of weird our ways if you're going to go out what deals are out there. And so we have this little, it's called, uh, what is it called? It's like a trip ticket or something. It's a little book that's for all of Colorado Springs and it's deals like buy one, get one, a lot of drinks at coffee shops and at cocktail bars. And so that is about to expire at the end of the month. And so it was only $25 You get your money back. And I'm just a big advocate for finding ways if you are going to go out, okay, that's something that's important for your mental health or your date night. What are some deals that you could capture on? And so this week and next week, you can find us at all the local coffee shops, not spending, sending in our budget, I would like to say, but kind of using those discounts and deals before they expire because we've had this book for a month. So that's just been something exciting for us to do is like an affordable date night.
3: I love that.
2: And then Victoria.
3: Love a good affordable date night. Well, I have to say first, Sio's story is pretty remarkable. And what's also remarkable is her wisdom and advice. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear this episode because as a longtime renter myself, my fiance and I have been renting for about six years now. I was definitely taking notes when she said to buy income property first. I mean, her even breaking down the math that shows how it's cheaper to buy than to rent was very interesting and something I'm going to definitely consider uh, but for my, my two cents this week, I, I'm still feeling like a confident queen after paying off the remainder of my credit card debt, <laughs> which I feel like it's allowed me to re-strategize my finances and focus on area other areas of my debt, like my student loans and my car. And I think it's important to know I felt so much shame carrying around my credit card debt. And I know there's a lot of women out there that know exactly what I mean. But, you know, as I look back on the debt during that process, I know that, there were times when I had to use my credit card when I couldn't cover an emergency or I couldn't pay a bill on time. But this was a wake-up call for me to take control of my finances again and make sure I have those savings in place. And I think kind of like my low of the week, and I'm hoping this won't be a low for the rest of my life, but we'll see. (laughs) That's my online shopping habits. But I think recognizing though what I like most about online shopping is a good start. And I feel like I like the Insta gratification of it. And, you know, one thing I'm trying to do for now is to let those items sit in my cart for a few days and come back to it and see if I like it in those few days. So that um, is
0: my two senses a week. I love that, Victoria. That's so great. And, and truly, I mean, I think especially right now, we're, we're in COVID right now. I mean, online shopping is one of the few things you can do, you know, so I totally see how that is. Uh, I, I can see how that is
3: really hard to give up right now like a present to yourself when it comes in the mail.
2: And you know they won't forget about it, and you will get an email saying, hey, did you forget something? And then <laughs> they'll send you a thing of items in your shopping cart. So part of me is like, I'm just doing you a favor. You can remind me and keep me updated on if I do want to buy this or not because you won't forget even
3: if I They do. will know it's in your cart. They
2: will let you know that. Wanna- <laughs> Um, Okay. Well, I'm excited to get into this interview. These are our two cents for the week and excited for everyone to hear this amazing story from CEO. Welcome, everyone. I'm super excited about the guest we have on today, C.O. Sandoval. She's an LA-based realtor. I've had the pleasure of speaking with her a little bit for some of our own articles on Housing Wire, and she has so much knowledge to unpack, which we can't wait to go through on today's Girl Funds podcast episode. First, wanted to give everyone a little bit of some background who she is when I was going through on bio. This is super impressive. She's made so many great accomplishments in her time as a real estate agent, and I know it's only growing. So she's been a leading and respected Latina realtor since 2004. Recently, she's ranked as number 19 in California with Century 21, individual producers by AGC, independently achieving Double Centurion in 2019, and she's also become the number one individual agent for Century 21, Realty Masters in AGC. Even more than that, I love this. She is one of America's best real estate agents, recognized by Real Trends Inc. She's among the nation's top two hundred and fifty National Association of Hispanic Realtors, so NAREP, and distinguished by the Montebello Board of Realtors since two thousand and fourteen as the number one agent in sales, total listings and the most escrow close so there's a lot of information I'm sure she can bring to us wanted to even though I know I just gave a little bit of background did want to start off with our first question CEO about just can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a real estate agent and kind of tell us about the story of how you became the industry leader that you are today that we kind of just unpacked it
4: hi everyone good morning good morning I'm so excited to be part of this podcast today Oh my God, my journey—you know—it it really started when I was 16 years old. Um, my family and I—we—we've—we've been—we te- were tenants like most of my childhood, uh, growing up here in Los Angeles. And uh, there was this one uh, landlord, lo- lo- one manager that would come pick up our rent every month. You know, distinguished gentleman with this gold, you know, jacket, and he had his pen. that said Century 21, and. At that time, I was just like, God, this man, you know, he has so much power and over us, over my mom. Every time my mom gives him the rent, you know, she wants to make sure that he's counting that, he, that the money equals to what she's giving him. And every month I would just, you know, kind of ask him questions. And I knew, I knew something was different, be, you know, between us at that time. Because so I was like, okay, we're always moving. We always have to pay someone the rent. I want to do what he does. Like, eventually I saw myself you know being able to either be a landlord uh or or be a homeowner so i asked him i said what do i have to do to do to get to do your job and he said well he's like you have to be 18 years old you have to have a high school diploma and you have to take you know the uh the the certain classes and once you pass all of that then you can apply for the real estate license and uh, you know we eventually moved from that apartment but i knew that that advice I knew I was going to do that. So by the time I, I didn't do it exactly at 18, uh, but I did it when I was 22 years old. And uh, that's how I ended up being inspired to become a real estate agent.
0: That is so cool. I love that story. And just also just the power of a real estate agent to really, um, you know, show people like this is what you can do. And we know in our industry, whether it's mortgage finance or real estate, there's just not always a clear path. It's almost always someone that a person knows in their family, or in this case, you know, someone who was serving your family. So super cool. Um, you know, as a first generation Latina, you said your parents immigrated from El Salvador. And you mentioned moving a lot, you know, how many times do you think you moved? And, and how has that molded your view of home ownership?
4: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So I believe, you know, uh, let's see, I bought, I, I bought my first house when I was maybe four years old. So before then, probably we moved a good 20 times from, you know, just my memory from from what I remember. Yeah. And it was always it was always the back house. We only had one. We were only we only occupied the front house, probably like like a good two years. And then other than that, we're always in the back. And I always wonder, I was like, why are we always in the back? Why can't we get the front house? So, you know, because of that, when I bought my first house, I was 24 years old. I bought it, you know, single, and I bought it with the FHA loan. And at that time, the FHA interest rates were 10%, nine and a half, 10%. And here I am, I had just left my full-time job. I had, you know, was doing real estate full-time. And my broker now, my manager, he said, CEO. Um, why are you buying this five bedroom, two bath home, 2,500 square feet? If it's just you, your mom and your two sisters. I said, you know what? Because we've never had a a large house. We never had two stories. Like I just, you know, envision my mom and my sisters there. And he's like, okay, he's like, do it. And the commission, I used the commission part of my down payment. I went in at 10%. So I'm a true like testimony. as to it doesn't matter which rate you have or what matters is that you actually do it because because of that purchase, I was able to refinance three times already. I still have my house, but that house has given me to buy into other additional income properties from that equity.
2: I love that story because a lot of people and I've had a lot of conversations who When they're talking to potential buyers, they're so hyper-focused on interest rates that sometimes it does stop them, whereas instead it's asking, why do you need a home? What do you want in your home? And those types of questions, rather than looking at it from an economic perspective, which, yeah, is one part to look at it, but sometimes it's like, do you need a home? Or, um, hey, this is something that's attainable for you, and maybe all you've read is that it's based on interest rates. So it's really cool to hear how that has impacted your homeownership journey.
4: Correct. And you know, I use my personal my personal story when I'm meeting with my clients with my buyers, because you know, buyers are rate driven. They -hmm. believe that the cheaper the rate, of course, everyone of course wants a lower rate. But what I say to them, like, it doesn't matter which way how you how you get to, to that door, how you open it, it doesn't matter. As long as you go inside and stay there. Because even let's say the market, you know, everyone's like, oh, the market's going to crash. It's going to come down. Okay, let's say it does. Say we, we end up back at like 100000 less in six months. The rate's not going to stay the same. The rate's probably going to go just 1% or, you know, one and a half increase. And if you look at the math and I show them the mortgage payment, it's the same mortgage. You're just paying it reverse. And then I go in, I say, look, look at my house. I went from 10% to 7% to 5% to, I think it was like four and a quarter. And now I'm at 3%. Like I never thought that that was gonna happen. And
2: what's this next question you touched on just a little bit there, Which is, one, a huge tip. And then curious if there's anything else that you would expand into that, which is what advice would you give to potential young buyers out there or even young female buyers, especially, which is, you know, the audience of this podcast who feel like home ownership is unattainable? And then if you are talking to them, is there any resources that you would share or steps that you would tell them about?
4: Yeah, I, I'm I'm a true believer that if you don't own, you're not going to set up, you know, your generational wealth for your family. Um, The, the people that are able to make, you know, wise financial decisions in this country, I believe are, you know, the homeowners. And I just tell them, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to buy your dream home, home, your forever home the first time, because it's, it's probably not going to happen right now. It's like very. It's, even myself. I, my house was not my dream house. Um, so as long as we get into the real estate market and we're actually homeowners, because that's going to give you the ability to make choices. You know, in two years, you can sell, you can move up, you can you can downsize. Um, it's it's we we have to do it because if not, guess what? That two thousand dollars or twenty five hundred that you're paying monthly, if you t- if you multiply that by by twelve, and then by two years, by three years, you're paying down someone else's principal balance. Why not pay down your own principal balance? Because it's probably now cheaper to buy than to rent. And for the women, I always tell them, look, you're single right now or you're engaged, buy your first income property. Because no matter what, you live in the, you live in one of the units, rent the other unit. When you and your man buy your dream house, and when he buys you that condo, everything that you want, you already have your own independent house, your your property. So no matter what happens in life, you go into buying something with him, but you're always gonna have a, a nest here. And that's why I encourage all my single women to do that: buy income properties first. Don't buy that condo, because then you're gonna take away from you know, from I guess you know that that man to say, hey, let's buy a house together.
0: <laughs> right. And so, you know, um, this is this is interesting be, to me, especially, you know, I'm in my 50s. And when I when I think about people in their 20s, especially early 20s, even you buying so young at 24, the, the wealth that you're building there, you're getting so far ahead, where some people feel like, oh, I have to have everything in place or um, you know, they're trying to time the market. But to your point, it's like the earlier you do this, the more resources you have to do something else. So, you know, it's one of those things about money that we like to talk about on, on this podcast, which is how are you leveraging your money? Money is not just like, I have money, now I spend money. It's like, how can you leverage your money to make more money? And real estate is one of those really great ways of doing it And and you can do it, like you said, one step at a time, buy what you can afford, And then step up, you know, rent that out and step up. So I love that advice and love that in your own life, you've seen that happen. Um, I didn't buy my first house till I was 31. Um, I had four kids in my 20s and (laughs) just did not have the money. And um, but I see the difference it would have made. I see I see how, you know, the earlier you can do that, the better.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I'm a a believer and I always say this to myself. You know, if you can't afford to buy a cash, you really don't need to buy it. Um, so I'm not, I'm 45 now I've made money, I've lost money. Um, and in real estate, you know, they teach you all these sales gurus and coaches, they want to teach you how to make the money, how to make the sales, but they don't teach you how to keep your money, how to file your taxes on mm. time. Like I learned the hard way because, you know, in my early twenties, I was like, Oh my God, when I'm making two hundred, three hundred thousand $300,000. No one told me it was a 1099 income. No one told me I had to say, you know. <laughs> no, n- they didn't tell Ryan. me any of this. What they told me is like, go do more sales, get that award, be the rookie of the year, do this. Along the way, it would have been nice if someone said, you know what, let's set you up with a financial planner, with a good accountant, with a good CPA. Because then I do believe, you know, as women naturally, I believe that we're savers. Um, you know we we want to make sure that we have uh, you know emergency money that's how my mom taught me like you always want to make sure that your bills are paid you know three four five months in advance because you don't want anyone coming to your door asking you for those keys um so i just you know for me now if i don't need it i don't need to, i want to own buildings i don't want to keep buying shoes or buying new new cars i've had all the nice cars at 45 i see myself you know i'm a grandmother i have two i have two little daughter two little girls my son's daughters, and I just want to be able to leave them with with my legacy with the you know with the properties that I I purchased and hopefully they, they move on and they do good things with those properties because especially for us Latinos you know we're taught that everything that we work for is for our family so I just right now my focus is make the money but save the money because when the opportunities do come and it's going to happen we're going to be able to jump into, the, into those deals, just like these other guys do. You know, we have, us women, we have to support each other and understand that the way these men make their money, we can do it the same way. I love that so
0: much. You know, uh, Brennan, I've talked before about if, if you come from a family that's like wealth adjacent or if you come from a wealthy family, there's some things that you know that if you don't come from that family, for instance, I did not come from that kind of family, great family, <laughs> tight family, but not a, a wealthy family. There's just a lot you don't know. And I, I love that advice because I feel like that's that's really long term advice for people. You know, we did want to ask you one question about when it comes to just how competitive the market is right now. Um, you know, Brenna's in the in the process of buying a house. I just bought a second house. I mean, things are crazy. Yes, I, I know. Oh, I, yeah. I know you really like value. Reality. Yeah, I know you really value creating long-term relationships with your clients. But in today's fast-paced market, how are you helping them lock in their dream home?
4: You know, I always tell, I always, when when I'm doing, I have a couple of buyers right now that are just being rejected. And we're submitting very, very good, you know, very good offers, aggressive offers. So I just make sure that they understand, you know, they have to be patient. I'm here for them. I don't, I don't care if I show them two houses, 20 houses, 30 houses, we're going to get in. I'm not giving up on them because if there's always a, a, a home and a buyer that are going to, you know, meet with each other, and what I'm doing specifically is, for example, you know, the house is paying two and a half commission to the MLS agent, I'm giving up, you know, half a percent or 0.75 back to the seller as a credit. So they can consider my buyer's offer because I'd rather, you know, work in volume than per like make money in one deal because that buyer is going to stay with me. Most of my clients, you know, they end up right now, I'm, I'm selling houses to my my clients from 10, 15 years ago to their kids, wow. which is, um, you know, unreal. <laughs> So that's what I'm doing. Uh, There's really, the market's crazy, but you know, eventually it's going to slow down a little bit and maintaining your relationships because if the agents know that you are like-minded and you just want to put the deal together where it's not like just me, 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 agents will eventually, they want to work with you.
1: Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. To hear the rest of the conversation, head over to the Girl Funds Podcast, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. That's a wrap for today's episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll catch everyone here
4: again tomorrow.